Life is about core memories, creating moments with your friends, with your kids that you guys will never forget. And we have one right in our backyard here, Atlanta United. I can't stress this enough to you guys. If you haven't gone, it is the most spectacular sports event in Atlanta. The crowd is wild. They never sit down. It is electric. It is an amazing event each and every week. And the games are right down the street. It is Atlanta. Go online. Get your tickets today. ATLUTD.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want to listen to the full Burt Show every day, uninterrupted, with no ads? Become a bonus Burt Show subscriber. Find out more at theburtshow.com slash bonus BS. The Burt Show. So Abby has been doing this since December, though. She got to jump on this even before January. Yeah, not to brag, but I'm doing really good at this dry January thing. Maybe it is because I'm white. I guess it's just easier to be sober when you have blonde hair and blue eyes. But I had to stop drinking alcohol two weeks before my um, before my nose surgery. So I had to take that really, really seriously, which I think has given me an advantage because I just have not thought about alcohol Mm -hmm. since December, really. And something that came up over the break really reminded me that, you know, this is, this is a crazy thought, but you don't always need alcohol to have fun. So let's pause that for one second. (laughs) Let's, let's walk that one back. What did you just say? You don't always need alcohol to have fun. But sometimes you need it to tolerate other people. Bingo. (laughs) (laughs) Nailed it. Which brings me to my point. I I was uh, watching a TikTok this weekend that said, to the response to that is, you also don't need shoes to run, but it sure helps. (laughs) (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I love a good time that features some good tequila, some good white wine, some good red wine. Like, I am not knocking the alcohol. But... Over the break, I got dinner with a friend that I had not seen in a hot second. This is somebody I consider to be a very, very close friend. And I, the one caveat with her is it's just very hard to get her in person. You can get her over text. You can get her over FaceTime. But getting her to sit down with you for about two hours is a challenge. <laughs> so when I finally got set dinner plans with her, I was so excited because I'm like, I love this girl. Haven't seen her since like. 2021, I think. So we finally make a, make dinner plans and we go to this restaurant and this really fun part of town in my hometown. And um, we sit down and we're, we're gabbing. And she's like, your nose looks great. I'm like, I know. And I'm like, what's going on with you? Tell me about the guys that you're dating. And the next thing I know, I look up. We had been at the restaurant for five hours. What? Five hours? Five hours. We wow. got there at five. They asked us to leave. They're like, Girls, it's 10 p.m. Like, this is Jacksonville, Florida. We were supposed to close down an hour ago, so you guys need to leave. And neither of us had had a single sip of alcohol. She was planning on doing dry January. I am still recovering from my nose job, so I'm still not supposed to drink. And 
I was just flabbergasted that we were able to pass the time for so long. Not one of us looking at our phones, not one of us thinking, should we get a cocktail? And it reminded me of like um, when you were a kid and you were just so high on life and just so happy to be around the people in your life that you just didn't need to have alcohol. And so I thought, hmm, let me look back on all of the times mm-hmm. where I felt like I've needed to ha- have a drink. And it's usually been the times where I'm like, oh, I'm around a lot of drunk people right now, so <laughs> I need to also take the one-way ticket to Drunky Drunky Lane and, <laughs> and grab myself a White Claw at the bar. Whenever I'm at like a dive bar or when I'm at, you know, a really crowded bar and restaurant and everyone else is drinking and I feel like I need to be on the same level, and I thought maybe it's not necessarily the need for alcohol for me to have fun. Maybe I just need to constantly surround myself with people that make me feel like this person. Ah, if I just surrounded myself with just sober friends, it would be me and like one other person. (laughs) (laughs) At least you had somebody with you. (laughs) I don't think I got one. In fact, I sent a text out last week to somebody saying, hey, you want to meet tonight? Um, I haven't, we haven't caught up in a while. Uh, I said, I'm not drinking, but we could have an appetizer. And he wrote back to me, can we resume our friendship in February? (laughs) (laughs) Well, what's funny, prior to January, you are one of the people that would have got kicked to the curb. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So for me, I think when when I go out and stuff, I think I really just need to be more conscious about the people that I'm going out with so that I don't fall into like this habit of I need to have 10 tequila shots in order to have a successful Saturday because I do enjoy drinking. I do think that everything is more fun with a little bit more alcohol, but I think I'd be able to mitigate mitigate my drinking more if I'm more aware of the situations that I'm putting myself in. Oh, for like sure. maybe don't go to this bar because you know you only have a good time if someone buys you a cheap rumplement shot <laughs> and, and you need to be on like another planet to have a good time or to enjoy the music. Be more conscious about the situations that you're actually going to. Do things that are actually fun so you don't feel like you have to have alcohol to make it a more enjoyable experience. There's a second part of this that fascinates me also. Sitting down and talking straight with somebody for five hours. Now, I can do that every morning because I'm getting paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a one-on-one conversation for five straight hours. I think that just goes to show, A, how long it had been since we'd seen each other, but B, also just how much I enjoyed this other person's company. And it's it's just so rare to find those kinds of friendships. And it's so difficult to find those people that when you find them, you're just like holding on to them, which is why I had been spamming her phone. I was like, I'm only in town for two weeks. And one of those weeks, I'm going to be looking like a monster from my nose job. So if you don't get to this restaurant on this day, I'm going to be very upset. So I was very happy that we were able to meet up. I told you guys when I was on vacation, it just happened that I was in the same vacation spot as a former roommate from 30 years ago. 30 years ago, we hadn't really talked to each other in 30 years. And we met up and we were done catching up with each other in our lives in 25 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's dude talk right there. Yeah, Yeah, I don't think I could do that either. It it don't matter how long we haven't seen each other. It could be a stranger. We could never seen each other. I still can't do that. Now, there's sometimes when I book stuff with friends and I'm like, oh, two hours is not going to be enough. Really? Oh, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because there's like, there's just, there's a lot to catch up on. And you also, you don't, you don't just talk about what happened. You talk about like 
how you felt about how it happened, like what happened. Like, because we like talk about feelings and emotions and stuff. I I think the last time you and I went out and watched a boxing match, we were probably with each other for four hours. And maybe in that four hours, we spent six minutes talking. (laughs) (laughs) That's about right. And it was a great night. It was a great night. I I felt much closer to you after that. (laughs) (laughs) We bonded. We we Six minute bond. (laughs) In 10 words. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need. The Bird Show. All right, Katie. So you want to bring unhappiness into a friend's life that appears to be very happy right now. (laughs) I don't want to bring unhappiness into her life. I just want her to be real about her situation. So a couple of weeks ago, I told you all, I brought a ditch or date scenario to you all about my friend who's been seeing a guy for about a month. And I was hesitant about him because he does not want to uh, play piano safely. Mm-hmm. If you all remember the story. Ah, oh, yes. All right. Right? Gotcha. The general consensus, we should probably dish this guy. All right. So for those of you that are new to the Burt Show, uh, we, we know we have kids listening, so we say pl- play the piano for more intimate situations. So what Katie's talking about is this guy isn't being safe in that area in his life and refuses. Yeah. He said he was allergic. You're also allergic to anything south of my belt. <laughs> right. And at that time, they hadn't done anything piano playing, no song or dance at all. And so she decided that they're going to work through that. She's going to see past it, whatever. They had a conversation about it. And she's like, I still want to move forward with this guy. And it just seems like I'm on the fence of, is there love that's going to be here or is she going to waste his time? So within this month of them knowing one another, they spend hours on the phone. They, they started spending weekends together. He's introduced her to his family. She wants him to be introduced to her mom. One month. Yeah, one month. Wow. It's going right? fast, right? It's uh-huh. going so fast. Christmas, he went above and beyond. For Christmas, like bought her a designer bag, bought her shoes and stuff like that. Oh, so he don't play anything safe. So the only the only red flag in this whole thing is his dirty D. Yeah, that was the only red flag. They even okay. they even started a book club together, y'all. They oh. have a book that oh, they're reading oh, and damn. they read a chapter a night and then discuss it the next day, right? So I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And she's starting to actually really, really like this guy. She's like, Katie, this might be the one. And I'm like, within four weeks, you know that? How? But I see the happiness that she has. And I'm like, okay, he's bringing her some sort of joy, right? So I just don't want to like poo-poo on that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm hesitant about, is he bringing joy because she actually tru- truly genuine enjoys spending time with him? Or is her biological clock getting in the way? Because she's the friend that's always been like, she has a timeline in her head. And right now, her baby fever is at an all-time high. Mm. Okay, so I love you and I love how you love your friends, right? Here comes a big old butt. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I do. In, In this certain scenario, because there was such a huge red flag in the beginning, it doesn't matter what this dude's gonna do, he's never gonna be good enough for your friend. Mm-hmm. From your perspective, at least that's what I'm I'm picking up on here. Um, I, you know, I, do I think in four like yes, I know people who have moved super super fast and just absolutely new. Sometimes that'll bite you in the butt and it'll burn you. Other times you'll end up in a very happy relationship. But I think here, and I, you, I, you, you and I are similar when it comes to our friends. Mm-hmm. That 
if you start off with such a bad red flag out the gate, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be hard to get back in my good graces. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like this guy's figuratively and literally tainted that he's never going to be good enough for your friend. Yeah, and you know what? She is in that intoxicating phase right now where she is thinking about love and thinking about the future. As a friend, I think all you can do is mention the red flags one time. One time, bring them up because she's probably not going to listen to you anyway. Mm -hmm. Um. That is a locomotive that is going super, super fast, and I don't think there's anything that you can say for her to go, you know what, you're probably right here. She, it, it, It's happening. So your responsibility, I think, as a friend is just to mention it and then move out of the way. I agree. You got to let it play out. I mean, you have every right to be concerned. As a friend, I would be too, and for obvious reasons, but sometimes these fast relationships really do work out, mm-hmm. and it happens to be the one, and sometimes they don't. Either way, I think if you intervene, it's only going to cause a rift between you and her. So the most you can do is to give your opinion once, like Bird said, and just let it fly. Let what happens, happens, and be there to support her either way. So, Katie, I'm like you, that I'm always the friend that's a little bit skeptical <laughs> skeptical about that guy that my friend is dating, especially when something like that happens. Mm-hmm. But I do have a rule when it comes to my friends in new relationships, and it's that I'm only going to be as excited about the relationship as you are. So, she seems thrilled with this guy. Mm -hmm. So I think it's your job to nurture, you know, this exciting phase and let her live in it and and don't burst the bubble. But also as, as the friend who has the clarity of not having the love goggles on, always keep it in the back of your mind so that if she brings something up, you can say something about it to her and burst the bubble, but just not right now. So stay in delusional land with her. Yes. Well, you're not. You just can't. I I wouldn't go down that road with her, but I do think that you have, if you're a really good friend, a responsibility to say, hey, this is what I see, but you can't do it over and over and over again because then you become the annoying friend and she ends up bailing on you. By the way, delusional to you. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. She's a grown ass woman. Let her do her thing. Mm -hmm. All right. The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. A felon is set to appear in court today after he attacked the judge who convicted him. I don't know if you've seen this video yet, but it has been going all around social media. And when I first saw it, I thought it was fake. The way this man left over the little judge desk or whatever that official thing is called. It literally looked like CGI. This man spider monkeyed his way over to the judge. He leapt over it uh, head first like Superman. Yes. And it would have been a highlight reel on ESPN. Had it been a sporting event, it was such a good tackle. He would have dropped. The, he would have blocked the field goal. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. So yeah, I mean, I mean, there's so many memes, and people are cracking. Obviously, what he did was wrong, attacking a judge in in court because she was she was about to, you know, she was doing. They were doing sentencing. He didn't agree with her take on sentencing, <laughs> and that's when he leapt at her. Um, the. the the lack of quickness on the bailiff's part and other people to help her was also something that got pointed out. But the plot twist in this, because so many people like have, I, like this has gone so viral and I've gotten so invested. 
He's going to be in front of the same judge today in court. Uh, what? Yes. Oh, that's not good. Uh-huh. Why would they do that? Yes, because <laughs> she he now has to be sentenced for his additional felonies yes. for attacking a judge in court. Yeah, that was There's six other felonies that have been tagged on because he left and attacked that judge. And she has to sit there and read every single one in front of him yeah. again. Uh-huh, and then she gets to sentence him. And she'll have a little bit more passion today when she's reading <laughs> off that sentence. And I don't think she got enough credit for that Matrix-like move she made, man, to get out of his way. <laughs> she did do, she tried to do a, a dodge, but I mean. Yeah, that's not a young, that wasn't a young lady, okay? <laughs> no, it wasn't. And so everybody was asking, when they started putting trampolines in the court, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's literally what it looked like. Um, and I feel so bad because he really did get like a good hold on her. I mean, yeah, she Matrix out of the way, but I mean, he still like pulled out some of her hair, slammed mm-hmm. her head against the wall, yeah. and then uh, like, Ten minutes later, then that's when you see the security guard come over and, like, actually get him. So, I don't know what he was doing while he was trying to put the handcuffs on him, but it, he was taking his time to get over to the well, judge. Now I'm interested in seeing the sentencing today, man. That's must-see TV. That's right. I, you know, I've been following this stuff, and, I mean, it, it, it knew no bounds. Like, it's been... All yeah, over right. my Instagram feed. And so when I saw the update that he's going to be in front of her today, I think it's a, it's a Las Vegas judge, right? Yeah, it was in Vegas. So we are going to find out what happens. And I'm going to be very excited to see hopefully another viral video. But this hopefully no one gets hurt this time. Mm-hmm. All right, Kelly Clarkson says that her kids will never use social media ever. Not At least not under her roof. So she spoke out. She said, I have informed them that they are not allowed to, under my roof, ever use social, social media. She says that it can be really hard on kids in general, but especially kids with parents in the public Mm -hmm. eye. And so then her daughter was like, well, heads up, girlfriend, you know, you just divorced your husband. What if my what if dad says that it's okay?" And she said, well, you're at his house like four days a month. So if you want to use it, then those are his rules. But she says, as of right now, uh, the dad is also not letting them do it either. But when they're older, she says she will listen to them, which I think is more fair because right now they're only seven and nine. I think that's completely different than like when you're in high school, Mm -hmm. like let the kids get on Snapchat. They're yeah. going to anyway. If I had to do it all over again, I think I've said this before, I would have definitely taken more control of my kids' screen time. Mm. For sure. All right. Ariana Grande is finally breaking her silence. I'm so excited for the song. She says she's releasing a new single this Friday, January 12th. And the song is called Yes And. And a lot of people have been making jokes on Twitter and other forms of social media. They're like, oh, is it going to be about her talking about how both her and her new boyfriend broke up both both of their relationships? And she's just going to be like, yes, and like, I know I broke up a marriage, even though they just had a kid. Like, yes. And (laughs) (laughs) even though Ariana Grande is incredibly talented, her music's amazing. I do think it's going to go top to the top of the charts, mm-hmm. probably because I think people are just going to be very curious to get the tea yes. and find out what happened. Yeah. Trying to dissect the lyrics and what everything means. Yes. Whatever and gets you to the top. It, whatever gets you to the top. And knowing Ari, she's going to have a lot of good one-liners in it. They're living together, right? Uh, Her and a new man? Uh, I don't think so. Um, if they have, I have totally missed that headline. But they have been spotted out and about. And... It's just so funny because people have compared her new boyfriend to Ariana's brother, and it's crazy how much they look alike. So I'm starting to understand (laughs) the appearance appeal from like a psychological standpoint like I need somebody much smarter than me to do some kind of dissertation on like the Freudian background as to why she would be willing to risk it all for this man that none of us understand why she would blow up her marriage and blow up his marriage but 
Maybe that's why. Yeah, as of October of last year, they're living together full-time in New York City. <laughs> really full Sunday night. All right, experts are coming out and debunking a new Netflix documentary that has people completely changing their diets. I'll tell you why they say you probably shouldn't, though, on your next eBuzz on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. I have been in this uncomfortable situation that our phone screener, Jackson, is kind of in right now also. You guys ever been here where you're in this stage with a significant other and they're around your family at the holidays or whatever and you're taking family pictures and group pictures and at one point like the family says to the person that you're dating okay you're gonna have to get out of the picture (laughs) (laughs) no what's worse is when they force you to get in it because i was at a boyfriend's um his his other brother's wedding so i'm at a wedding with a guy i'm dating and they're taking the family photo and they pulled me into it. So that's like a real like commitment type thing? Is that what you're thinking? We broke up right after that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what normally happens to me. They pull me in it. Yeah, okay. I never get in it myself. No. They always pull me in it. In the back of my mind, I'm like, I'm not confident enough in this yeah. relationship to do this. And, and if you deny being in the photo, then the girlfriend knows like, oh, so he's 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 about ready to leave. Exactly. I don't want to be there. I'm not going to be here long enough. Oh, my God. It's so awkward. It's very it's awkward. It's so uncomfortable. You just got to smile through it. <laughs> yep. You do. What you happened do. with you at the holidays? Is this the holidays where this happened? Yeah, this is okay. the holidays. And usually in that situation, my move is always like, oh, I'll take the photo. So then like, you know, you kind of have an out already, but then they're always like, come on, get in here. And then it's like feels a little bit weird, right? And so, you know, usually that happens with more casual situations where phones are just, I mean, the the photo's just going to live on someone's phone for a while and no one's ever going to look back at it. But there are more significant photos that happen, like at a wedding, right? Or holiday photos, right? And so my family has always, like, whenever any one of my siblings has brought a significant other over when it comes to, like, a, you know, holiday photo, they're always included in it because my mom's always like, you know, even if you do end up breaking up, they're still a part of your life. They were still there. So it's okay if we capture the moment and remember it as the fact that they were actually present during that time, right? And that always made a lot of sense to me. Um, but this past year, I went and celebrated Christmas with my girlfriend's family. And they have a big holiday shoot that they do every year where it's like a big family photo. And, you know, this thing gets like, you know, hung, framed and hung up somewhere in the house. You know, it's like kind of a big deal. And I immediately already knew that I didn't want to be included in it just because, I don't know, I felt like a little too soon. You know, this is the first time I'm spending the holidays with them. I didn't know if that was like an appropriate thing. And first so, time spending the holidays with them, but how long have you been dating? Uh, over a year. Okay. Over a year. It's a milestone right there. Right. And so um, originally, so she, um, my girlfriend's mom had called her like a few days before we went out and was like, hey, like, we're taking this photo. Like, does Jackson want to be included on it? Like, is that okay? And I was looking at her and I was like, eh, it's okay. Like, I, you know, I'm not to, I won't take offense to it by any means. And so, you know, they take this photo. And so, you know, I'm standing on the sidelines just like, you know, being able to do that. But it did feel a little bit awkward that mm-hmm. like, you know, I wasn't participating in it. And so I guess my question is also like. Wh- yeah, because you have no faith in the relationship. You do not see yourself with this woman and being around her family forever, so why would you want to be in the picture? No, that's not it at all. <laughs> what is it, Jackson? Are you sure? <laughs> what does it seem like that? Why Say were you it. so hesitant to commit, Jackson? No, I would have been part of it, but I didn't uh-huh. want... I didn't want to force their hand at including they me. They asked you if you wanted to be included. Facts. 
Yeah. They, they asked her. <laughs> they, asked her they asked her, and then I was like, "No, it's like it's totally okay." And so I'm, I'm wondering, like, when when is it the appropriate time for you to be included? Is when it, they, when they ask, ask you <laughs> to be in the photo? <laughs> pretty much it. Oh, you would have showed up in some wackadoo outfit and just saunered up like you're going to be in a picture. That would be one thing, but they literally oh, asked you. Yeah, if you wanted to be oh, in the yeah. picture. Yeah, you screwed the pooch on this well, one. I was really, I guess <laughs> I'm really overthinking because I was like, you know, maybe they wanted to wait for like, you know, an engagement or like some real form of commitment. No, and you want to wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the position you're in. You're like trying to be accommodating, not because yeah. you think they're being accommodating. Exactly. So you're like, oh no, you don't really want me in the picture. So let's not make this awkward. So you're assuming, but maybe they really wanted you in the picture. And now they're like, well, why doesn't he want to be in our family photo? I mean, I would have paid to have been a fly on the wall while you're having this conversation with your girlfriend because, like, what was your, like, what did your girlfriend say? What was her body language about it? Like, was everybody trying to be accommodating to the fact that you're just not in the picture? Well, so the initial conversation happened before we even went. So it wasn't with everyone. It was just okay, a phone yeah, call, yeah. right? And so when she was saying that, like, it... I, my my girlfriend was like ah like looking at me like do you and I was like ah it's like fine and so that's that that was the assumption the entire time it was a little awkward though when they were like kind of planning out the photo <laughs> like the day before and yeah. they were like oh yeah Jackson like is not gonna be in this and then I, I, I don't know I did feel a little weird then uh-huh yeah but what was her like how was she acting <laughs> post photo she didn't it, it didn't seem like there was any mind in the world seem okay yes. all right didn't I, seem. I didn't pick up on that <laughs> the scene <word. laughs> I'm getting the sense that if when when you're when the family asked for you to be in the photo if your girlfriend had been like oh yeah be in the photo i feel like you would have felt way more comfortable so really i think this is on your girlfriend oh, 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 oh. y'all are just trying to get me in trouble today <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're just going to assume, like, if this thing does break up, then they're going to go, yeah, we saw this coming a mile away. He didn't, didn't want to be in the picture. It's why you're always on the end. That way they can easily crop you out. Yeah, uh, yeah that's like what happened at our Bircho photo shoot where they were like, yeah, you guys stand on the side for this one. Right? We're going to swap you guys out on this one. We've been through this too many times. Okay, behind, fun fact, Cassie does organize the photo shoot, and we, we, we move people around, yeah. and everybody gets the spot at the end yep. for at least one photo in case they decide to bounce. Yeah, <laughs> even I was at the end this year. <laughs> <laughs> Not even at the end. I had them get out of the photo. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> By the way, you've just disappeared. Please leave so we can take this picture without you. The Burt Show. All right, let's get Corey back on here because you remember Corey was all nervous on Friday, into his head, saying that he was about to propose to his girlfriend with this ring, but she had recently seen a ring. Corey, do I have this right? She recently had seen a ring on a friend and she was just like, oh my God, it's such a beautiful ring. Look at that thing. And the ring you were about to propose with didn't look anything like that, right? That's right. Hey guys. Um, so yeah, my our, our acquaintance Michelle um, ended up getting engaged, and my now uh, you know my my girlfriend uh, saw it, and she absolutely loved it. But it was not the ring that we had discussed at all. You know, we we had talked about the ring that she would like, and she also saw my mother ring and talked about how much she loved it, and. Um, it just was not the style um, that we had talked about, but um, I already had gotten the ring, and I was, you know, 
doubted myself, second guessing whether or not I got that ring. So Corey went sl- simplistic mm. and beautiful with this lovely solitaire. Um, yes. And the ring that her friend had received was had was surrounded by diamonds. Don't know if it was baguettes or completely surrounded. That also had some diamonds on on the band as well and was blinked out. However, Corey did inform us that the center stone of his is bigger than the center stone of the one his girlfriend saw. And in the world of engagement yeah. rings, that's the one that's that's major, right? The bigger the stone, the more you love the person. Okay. <laughs> That's just simple math. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Corey. So how were you feeling leading up to this engagement? I think we gave you some confidence. How were you feeling about it going right in when before you took the knee or whatever? You know, I was actually feeling pretty calm about it all I, I you know was excited but uh you know my nerves never hit I uh, was able to do it I ended up proposing on Saturday night and you know like we were talking about before she was not expecting it at all um and you know she said yes so okay oh that's good did she say yes enthusiastically <laughs> yeah did you look into her eyes while she said yes I mean what did her face say uh, her face, she kind of, you know, covered it up a little bit because she started tearing up a little. Okay. Uh, that, that's common. That's, that's disappointment. No, it is not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, but no, it, it, it was awesome. Um, and she absolutely loved it. It was a really, really incredible moment. We were actually uh, crossing a bridge where we, like, could see the lights of the city and it was just uh, it, it was amazing. Beautiful. It was amazing. That's great. Okay, so let's talk reality now. Um, all right, so if, if she wasn't totally down with the ring, what is the time limit in which she would actually circle back with him and go, oh, my God, what a beautiful proposal. However, can we talk about the ring without hurting your feelings? Is there an area, is she authentic here? But if she didn't like it, how long does he have to wait now, this warning period? The limit does not exist. It does not exist. Yes, at any point in time. Like, I mean, she could 10 years down the road, Oof. something could happen, and she'd be like, by the way, I never liked the ring. Oh, <gasps> no. Ouch. Okay. A decade. After 10 years. Just keep that to yourself. I really don't feel the betrayal. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Well, I, I decided... I decided to take your guys' advice, and I, I trusted my instincts. Yes. And I went with the simple ring, so I, I didn't exchange the ring. Um, Corey, she loves it, dude. She loves it. Yeah, yeah, don't And she it. loves I mean, you. My, mine is... I, mine she is, saw the ring, guys, and I swear, like, she loved it. She... Yeah. I'm telling you, she turned completely red. She started crying. It was, it was really amazing. She said she loved it, yeah. and I... You know, I was just on like blissful high for 24 hours afterwards. It was really amazing. But, but there there is a big but. Uh-huh. Uh, last night, I overheard her on the phone with Michelle, and you know, she was talking about the ring, and she was saying how excited that she was that uh, you know. They're both engaged now and everything. Um, and then I heard her say that I'm going to text you a picture. You know, it's not as fancy as yours, but I think I like it. Oh, but I think, 
I like it. Over her. Yes, she said mm. she it thinks she likes it, and it's just been like ringing in head mm. that she thinks she likes it. And, like, it. Number one, she doesn't even love it. She should absolutely love it, mm-hmm. and that she just thinks that she likes it. I'm I'm just kind of wishing I exchanged the ring now. No, I can't no. Get it out of my head. Yeah. This is why, like, this is why. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, because compare. This is the problem. Comparison is the thief of joy. She's comparing her ring to her friends. So she doesn't need to. Like, that's her friend style. Like, you guys had talked about this. This is what she wanted. And I think she's just allowing her friend's ring to get inside her head. I don't think she's even comparing her ring at all. I think, actually, deep down, she probably likes her ring more than Michelle's. But she's trying to be humble about it. Because, Corey, like you said, that this the actual size of the diamond was bigger than Michelle's. So maybe she's just trying to be like, hey, you know, it's not as nice as yours. Um, you know, Down I think playing. I like it. I think yeah. so, yeah. So I think she's just trying to be nice about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Girls do that. Yes. If it's a close friend what? of yours, no. If this is a close really? friend of yours, yes. If yeah. it's a close friend of yours, and if you think your ring is better than hers, you're going to downplay when you send it and be like, you're going to downplay the ring so you you make your friend feel better about hers. But he said it's not a close friend; it's an acquaintance. Is it just an acquaintance, Corey? Yes, I mean, you know, she. You would still do it. We yeah. still see do her a lot. Yeah, but like we don't, we don't hang out on the regular. So, like, you probably you know, do it even more so like, for an acquaintance. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Here's the thing, yeah. though, Corey. In knowing you now for two phone calls, so I feel like I like we know you intimately. Um, <laughs> We're best friends. Look, you're a thinker. You're an overthinker here. Um, you are always going to wonder if she really likes or loves this ring. I think you got to circle back with her and tell her, look, I heard the conversation. No, 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 no. What? Absolutely oh, not. He's always going to wonder if she really likes that ring or not, yeah, or if she he, loves it. You got to put this puppy to rest. He can't. He yes. can't do that. Yeah, you got to. You got to. You got to dig deep, and you got to. Abby and I are on the same page. Right I don't here. think I would Telepathy. be able to do that. I would have to bring it up. Why? Would, me too. Because you've already told the friend that you basically don't like it. No, no. Just comparing expl- it. Abby and I just told you. Abby just said she's downplaying, man. Corey, are you going to are you going to be able to go forth in this relationship with the the knowledge or not knowledge that she really loves it or she just likes it after what you heard? I am trying to, you know, think about the way she said it cuz she was like, I think I like it. All right, all right, Corey. <laughs> you got to what you want no. to hear. I, I, I wouldn't be able to live right. with that. No. Corey, this is what, this is, this. we're going to compromise, okay? Do not okay. tell her you overheard the conversation, okay? If we can pick up in two phone conversations, you're an overthinker. Your fiance knows you're an overthinker, okay? So go to her, like, not maybe today, but maybe tomorrow, and be like, hey, I really stressed about this ring. Do are you sure you love it? Because if you don't, we can take it back to the, like we can take it to do we can do whatever. Like I just want this to be something you're proud to have on your hand. Come at it right. like that. Be the lovable overthinker that you are, Corey. And I think then you'll get an authentic response. Okay. I think that's, you know, great advice because, you know, you guys are right. I I, I overthink a lot of things (laughs) and uh, my now fiance actually knows that. And uh, I think being open and honest is always the the right way to go. All right. Let's circle back with you later in the week after you talk to her about it. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to, guys. Yeah, it's been awesome speaking with you, and I really appreciate the advice. And it's, it's always good just to talk it out. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. (laughs) Congratulations. (laughs) 
Nevertheless, we, we are engaged and it is awesome. I am so, so excited. And I'm sure if she loses that wedding ring down the sink sometime <laughs> this week, it's a pure accident. So don't worry about That's that. Right. That's okay. right. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bird show. Hey, y'all. It's Katie here from The Bird Show. Pride unites us all, and so does Atlanta United. That's why I'm giving you the chance to win a spot in The Bird Show's Pride Night Suite in celebration of Pride Month. That's right. Join me and The Bird Show crew on Sunday, June 2nd, as Atlanta United takes on the fierce rival, Charlotte FC, with kickoff at 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We need to beat Charlotte, so we will be loud and proud. Believe that. Oh, and by the way, did I mention Atlanta United is giving away a -a one-of-a-kind Pride-inspired towel, plus a $5 donation to Lost and Found Youth, an Atlanta-based nonprofit that provides services to the LGBTQ plus youth, which is included with your Pride Night ticket pack. Remember, to enter for your chance to win a spot in the Bird Show's Pride Night Suite, head over to thebirdshow.com. To guarantee your tickets and Pride Towel, go to atlutd.com and click the Promotional Packs tab for more details. Can't wait to see you all there June 2nd at 4.30 p.m. Together, we are Atlanta. Atlanta United. See you there. If you're looking for somewhere to celebrate, whether it be a birthday or a graduation or anniversary, may I recommend an Atlanta United match. So my husband and I just celebrated our seventh wedding anniversary. He is a massive Atlanta United fan. So of course, we decided to go to a match at Mercedes-Benz Stadium and had the best time. I'm telling you, if you're a super fan, if you're a casual fan, going to an Atlanta United match is a great way to celebrate. My husband got to watch a great match and I got to enjoy delicious wine. And I also may have gone to the team shop and got myself a new sweatshirt. I'm very excited about my new Atlanta United sweatshirt. (laughs) And kudos to Atlanta's fan base because every time we ride Marta to go down to a match, it is packed full of people wearing their Atlanta United gear. Visit atlutd.com for tickets and also for the match schedule. That's atlutd.com. Are you looking for excitement in Atlanta? Well, you got it right down the street at Mercedes-Benz. That's where Atlanta United plays. And I've been telling you for years, It's one of the most exciting nights that you will have with your family. Soccer is different. It's just different than going to a football game, baseball game. There is no downtime. I mean, the excitement lasts the entire game at an Atlanta United match. And it doesn't even matter if you're really, really into soccer or not. I'll tell you one way to get into soccer. Just go to one Atlanta United game and you will get caught up in the excitement so much that you'll become a lifelong fan. I'm telling you this right now. I love bringing my son Hollis there. I love bringing his friends there. I know it's going to be a safe family event, and I know I'm going to walk out of there. I got some memories now with my kids. So don't look any further. You got one of the best soccer teams in the country right here in our own backyard, Atlanta United. Just give it one try, Atlanta United. You can always get your tickets at atlutd.com. The Burt Show. It's Abby's fault. <clears throat> it's Abby's fault that I got sucked in to Saltburn this weekend. <gasps> you watched it? I hate you. I hate you. Um, so in our bonus content that we cut after the show, Abby was giving us very specific descriptions on the naughtiest and nastiest parts of Saltburn, which is on our uh, bonus content, which comes out today. <clears throat> um, I haven't gotten to those parts yet. How? They're literally like 45 minutes in. Because I I watch it while I'm in the gym on the bike, and I hate being on the bike. <laughs> um, but knowing, well, first of all, 
in our bonus content, I want to warn you, she tells us everything. We now know how the whole thing ends. So I'll give you that warning if you're listening to it today. But just knowing the scenes are coming up that you described made me hate you consistently on the bike. I'm just a little concerned that after hearing me describe it in graphic detail that you chose to watch this film in public <laughs> with the is, possibility of other people around. That, that is, is fact. That is a really, really good point. <laughs> but, and my son walks in the house yesterday and he's like, hey, have you been watching Saltburn? I'm like, yeah, have you? <laughs> and he's like, Oh, gross. So, yeah, he's been watching. All, it feels like everybody I've been knowing has been watching it. It's the only reason I watched it. I wanted to be in with the kids. Well, and when that guy got nominated last night at the Golden Globes and I saw his face, that's all I can see. <laughs> <laughs> I can't look at it the same Just way. Your no. description of what went down. All right, so our bonus content is released every Monday. We do talk about Saltburn, and there are a lot of spoilers in there. And Mo also tells you about a passenger on a flight that just chews his ass out, but might have saved him at the airport. So that's in our bonus content, and you can find it at thebirdshow.com slash bonus BS. All right, y'all. So this week on Mo will rap about your life. I um I didn't have to make much of a decision because unfortunately it was Slim Pickens and at the time that I went to decide on who I was going to choose to write about the rap the one that was entered was from a listener named Shannon who simply wrote I think we all deserve for you to write us a rap about you failing dry January (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm here for that well done (laughs) right well let's give you a little credit I mean you made it five days yeah yeah, and, okay. and even more credit than that, I never said I was going to go far. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't have expectations for myself. But I thought that would be funny, and I figured, uh, better than me writing it for myself, because I could do that, why not have ChatGPT write it for me? Uh, okay. And even further than that, since it, it has been said that all the minorities were the ones who failed it, <laughs> mm-hmm. what I wrote into ChatGPT was a black man, rap about a black man who failed driving. <laughs> <laughs> So I just want to see how this is going to go. Okay. I want to see how far Chad GPT will take this. All I know so far is that for whatever reason, the um, the standard black man name for Jet GPT is Ray. I don't know. Ray. Ray. You're, now, you're now Ray. Well, I changed it to Mo to oh. make it more personal to me, but but it was Ray. Okay. Just that's, 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 so that's, that's just what they go with, I guess. So here is what Jet, Chat GPT came up about me, Mo, failing dry January. A.K.A. Ray. A.K.A. Ray. Check. Listen, look, let me tell a tale about a brother named Mo who was set to sail in the dry January. No bottles to unveil, but he stumbled hard, hit a third rail, started strong with a goal in his mind. No liquor, no beer, just water, no wine. But the days passed like the hands of time and Mo got weak, lost his rhythm and his rhyme. Dry January, a challenge so clear, but Mo fell short, started shedding a tear. His resolve crumbled, the ending drawing near. A black man struggle, let the story adhere. <laughs> Week one was easy, hit the track, the 
determined and focused. There was no turning back. But the weekend hit, and his friends all attacked. With shots and cocktails, his willpower cracked. Mo tried to resist, said, no, I can't sip. But the peer pressure hit like a sinking ship. <laughs> One drink, then two, three and a flip. On the fourth day, saw dry January slip. Now Mo's reflecting on the choices that he made. In the mirror of failure, his reflection is displayed. But setbacks are lessons, never to evade. So lift your head up and don't let your dreams fade. Most setback ain't the end, it's just a pause. He'll learn from the stumble and reset his cause. Dry February's coming, a new applause. No, it's not. A second chance, no time for the flaws. Most still standing, though the challenge was tough. In the rapid redemption, he will rise above. No shame in the failure, just a push and a shove. Dry January's gone, but most still enough. Oh! It did pretty good. It did did pretty pretty good. good. I was actually shocked. It did pretty good. Now, now just because you had one drink, you hung out with friends and had a drink, we've Uh talked about, yes, there's dry January, but there's also a thing called damp January. Uh Did you choose not to have any alcohol this past weekend? I did not have any alcohol this past weekend. That's for you. So, yeah. But, um... Next weekend is coming, and this January is going to be wet. (laughs) So here's another option that a listener hit me with this week that makes even more sense than dry January. Okay, so dry January rolls around. What are we talking about? 30 days here, right? That's it. 31. 31 days. Okay, whatever it is. If you do dry week every month, it's way more days than just January. So now that you're out on the 5th, okay, whatever. So you just take one week off in February, one week off in March, one week off in April, and it's what, 84 days? All right, there for a second, I thought you meant you only go dry for one week. And I'm like, I don't think that's going to add up. No. But you're saying you allow yourself a beverage one week every month. No, I'm saying what you first said. Oh, really? Is that you take a week off every month, and it ends up being 84 days of not drinking, whereas in January, it's only 31. Oh, I see your point. That makes sense. Yeah. That actually makes sense. Yeah. But you're drinking the rest of the days? Yeah. Okay. You're, you're drinking for three weeks out of the month, <laughs> well, and you're taking wait, one week off. Wait, I think you're going to make sure you drink every other day. I, I mean, think that helps. <laughs> I, like, I didn't know that was your math. It's pure math. It's pure math. You take one week off yes. every month. Every month. That's and then the other three months. weeks, you're just... Blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm not saying double up. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying drink like you normally do. But then you don't get the cumulative benefits of giving up alcohol for a month, which is like the clarity, like your body feels better. This dude couldn't even go five days. That's the wussification <laughs> of not drinking. It would be an improvement for me. <laughs> right. The Burt Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's Entertainment Buzz. Let this be a lesson to you to always do your own research when watching the news or even a documentary. So Netflix's hottest new documentary is called You Are What You Eat. And I'm not typically a documentary watcher, but over the weekend when I saw it pop up, and I was like, oh my gosh, I want to watch this. Like, I'm, you know, I'm focusing on my health. I'm trying to revamp my diet. I'm like, this is the perfect type of thing for me to watch to be able to learn more about nutrition. So basically this documentary is all about a group of identical twins and the researchers have them change their diet. So they give one twin a plant-based vegan diet and then one twin a plant-based, but also you can have some meat as well diet. So they did this because twins genetically and biologically are about as close as you can get to having like someone be the same person and be able to do the same research at the same time on the same person. So spoiler alert, this entire experiment goes on and the documentary ends by basically showing research that 
they say proves that a plant-based diet is better for you than um, one that involves meat. Who was behind the documentary? Well, let me get to it, Kristen. I gotta know now. I mean, <laughs> I'm leading to it. So as somebody who's really health conscious, I'm like, okay, this makes sense. You know, I can, I can be vegan. You know, I know a lot of great vegans and, you know, they seem really happy and they seem really healthy. So I think I could do it too. Well, then I was on the TikTok and I saw a nutrition and diet and diet expert come on and actually debunk why some of this data may actually be skewed. So this is Craig McCloskey from TikTok. Lead researcher Christopher Gardner is the director of the Stanford Plant-Based Diet Initiative, which launched in 2021 thanks to a generous grant by none other than Beyond Meat. Now, the study itself was funded by Kyle Vogt, who's a member of the Vegan Mafia, a group of Silicon Valley tycoons who have historically invested in vegan companies. He's also donated more than a million dollars to the 2019 hit Netflix documentary, Game Changers. Now, in regards to the science itself, the researchers based their conclusion that a vegan diet is healthier solely on one metric, LDLC. LDLC was indeed lower in the vegan group compared to the omnivore group. But a majority of twins in this study are women, and LDLC isn't a significant risk factor for heart disease in women. On the contrary, the vegan group had lower HDL, which is your good cholesterol, and much higher triglycerides, which are significant risk factors for heart disease in both men and women. And these metrics weren't highlighted in the study, which is a sign of cherry picking. So if you don't know what Beyond Meat is, it's like your Impossible Burgers, basically any kind of, um, I don't want to call it, 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 fake meat, essentially. So basically the people behind this documentary have something to gain from showing that a plant-based diet is better for you. Um, Netflix has some kind of vegetarian um, agenda because it feels to me like I'm really into these shows, right? Um, it feels to me like every one of them that I watch really pushes you into like being a vegan and then they guilty about the environment also. I mean, there's some very valid points, but every single one, I watched one about uh, fish and the fish that we're eating about six months or a year ago and I stopped eating fish for two weeks because of it. I'm like... I can't do this. And then there was another <laughs> one about me, but all of theirs just seem to end up in the same place. And that's like, you got to be vegan. But do you always do a deeper dive? Because I love documentaries. Like those are my jam, right? And my my husband keeps me in check because whenever I get like hype about one and I start talking about stuff, he fact checks me and he's like, a majority of your documentaries are going to be skewed and they're going to be one-sided based on who is who is behind the documentary. So whenever you watch something before you fall in head first, you need to do a little bit of digging online to figure out who was behind it. Yeah. And like you said, you were only getting a portion of the results. And like he said, they were cherry picking the results that made veganism look better than having an omnivore. It's usually diet. not the research that stops me from the influence of what I just watched. It's just pure boredom. Like I watched Game Changers and I'm like, I'm never eating meat again. Arnold Schwarzenegger, <laughs> look at him. He's a vegan. And then I'm like, about two weeks into it, I'm like, this is too hard. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. Game changers changed my game for three days. Yep. That was it. I was right back to normal. Yeah, so I, I almost became a sucker because of this, um, because of this documentary. But I think it's important, you know, before you go on full vegan, because there's yeah. nothing wrong with being vegan Absolutely if that's what you want to do. But make sure it's not just because of one documentary and the research they're pushing. Yeah, I, like, I, and I want to reiterate what Abby just said. If, if you want to be, you know, vegan, if you want to be vegetarian, that's fine. I don't think it's cool to guilt other people about eating meat mm -hmm. by giving them not inaccurate information, but um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? Um, non-complete information. Like you're only getting a piece of the puzzle. I That's very uncool. And there's a lot of money behind this, obviously. Like this isn't about health. This isn't about saving animals. This is how Beyond Meat can make as much money as possible because the more vegans there are, the more money they're going to make. Exactly. All right, well, Barbenheimer took the world by storm this summer, but which movie swept the most awards at the Golden Globes? It's on your next Eva's on The Burt Show. The Burt Show. As much as I love traveling, if I'm on this plane over the weekend and this happens, I am never getting on a flight ever again. But what are the chances of it happening twice? I don't care. (laughs) That would be so incredibly terrifying. You guys heard about this uh, Alaskan Airlines flight, right? Mm -hmm. That is heading to Portland and on takeoff, they're at about 16,000 feet. And out of nowhere, the plane ends up just half of it, like the panels on the plane, just fall off. Fall off while they're in midair. I can't imagine looking out your window (laughs) and just seeing the plane falling apart. There is no window. Like, (laughs) a lot of the panels just fell off. Miraculously, nobody was hurt. I thought it was just one panel. The the way I saw it, it might have been. I thought it was a door that fell off. It could have been half the plane. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, one's enough. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the FAA is asking people to help them find the door. They're trying to find the door that came off. You know what's crazy? So the seats next to it were empty because the people missed their flight. (gasps) Wow. Those seats were supposed to be filled. No way. And the the people, people thought it was a rumor until the people posted the confirmation receipts of like, I think a previous flight had been canceled, so they missed their flight, but there was supposed to be people in those seats. No. Would they have died? I I don't know, but I'm guessing they would have been sucked out the plane because I think there was a kid a couple seats over and part of his clothes got ripped off. Mm -hmm. He's fine. But yeah, I think they would have been sucked out of the plane. Well, when that happened on a Southwest flight, when it was just the window panel that popped open, the woman that was in the window seat had gotten sucked out of the plane. So imagine the whole door gets popped off. They would have 100% gotten sucked out. But that's, um, I I think I saw the same tweet. It's called Burnt Toast Theory, where basically... When little inconveniences that you think are going to ruin your day, they actually might be saving your life. Damn. So um, if you haven't heard it, yeah, this is what happened. 16,000 feet and the door flies off. Um, Here's a passenger right now who is on the plane uh, talking about this large panel just blowing out. There was a really loud bang towards the left rear of the plane and a whooshing noise and all the air masks dropped. And they said there was a kid in that row his shirt was sucked off him and out of the plane. And his mother was holding on to him to make sure he didn't go with it. It was about as wide as a refrigerator and about as high as two-thirds of a refrigerator in height. Just kind of sit there. It's not anything I have any control over. And it's just wait and see what happens. Wait and see. That kid has a hell of a story to tell for the rest no. of his life, though. No one's going to believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I had my on a flight once. Uh, so the flight crew is trying to tell everybody, you know, what's going on as it's happening. But some people couldn't even hear what was happening on the plane. I'm just never getting on that flight. Mm-hmm. Uh, any flight ever. I'm done. That There's, is scary. I mean, the odds of that happening to you twice. I, I, if anything, I mean, you should feel super safe getting on a plane. What about the odds of, hap- of it happening once? <laughs> right. <laughs> 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 then you think 
was going to happen. And I don't scare easy because usually when I hear stuff like this, I mean, this is terrifying enough that you forget there were another million flights that day that landed mm-hmm. and took off and landed perfectly. It's one like this that would terrify you. But if I'm on that flight, I can't see myself having the guts to get back on another flight. Uh, it would be tough. I don't think I would be done, but it would be tough. It would probably take me a while. I mean, I'd take a break for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm taking a break. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be hopping on a flight the next yeah. week. <laughs> and I'm certainly not sitting next to the door. No. No matter what. <laughs> I don't care how much extra leg room. No. Nope. There will be no more exit rows yeah. for In case me. of emergencies. No. No. Yes. no. <laughs> you could be seven foot eight, and I'd say, I don't want that extra leg room. Yeah, Let me cool. in the back. <laughs> All right, so it was Friday where we were talking to Liz, who was really nervous going into the weekend because she was pretty convinced that her husband was going to ask her for a divorce, and she was asking you guys and our family, is there anything you can do if one person is checked out of the marriage at this point? So, Liz, how did it go over the weekend? Hey, everybody. Um, well, it went good and bad. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, I'm kind of like having all sorts of emotions. I'm a mess over here. But um, he got home on Friday night, and things were really awkward. I mean, there's no affection, no kiss hello. Wouldn't even look me in my eyes, and we were really not even saying anything to each other. But, I mean, after he'd been home for a couple hours, I finally told him, like, I can't do this anymore, and we need to talk this out and get things out in the open. Um, you know, I told him once again that I was really sorry for the fight that we had and leaving on Christmas Eve. And I do, I do feel really bad for that, especially because it was the holiday. You know, he did say that he was sorry too this time, so that was a start. Um, but after that, he kind of got quiet for a minute, and then he started talking. You know, he said that he'd been doing a lot of thinking over the last 10 days. He said that it's obvious that our marriage is broken. I mean, I don't agree, but I'm getting there. Um, he said he doesn't know how to fix things, but he knows that we're both really unhappy right now. And he originally planned to come home and tell me that he wanted out of our marriage. But after thinking about it for a few days, he realized that he feels kind of obligated to try to fix things before quitting. So kudos to him for that. Um, he did say that he would go to marriage counseling, but he also said that he wants to pick the counselor so he knows that it's someone that he'll be comfortable with. And You know, he said he'll give it all that he has, and he asked that I do the same. And he said that if things don't improve by summer, he thinks it's in both of our best interests to end things. He said he didn't want to drag this out if it was an unhappy marriage because his biggest concern is for me. You know, I'm 32 years old, and uh, he knows that my body doesn't have forever to have children, and that's something that is important to me. So if we divorce and I have to start over, it could take time to find someone new, date them for a while, you know, get engaged, married, start a family, the whole process. And I guess I can't argue with him on that point. So that's kind of where we are. You know, I'm going to finally tell him to save my marriage. But by the end of 2024, things will be better or I'm going to be starting over, I guess. I mean, I mean, this it. It, the situation you're in sucks, but I do feel like this is the best case of a worst case scenario. I do agree with that. I do. And I really like that he had my best interest in mind, even mm-hmm. if we did choose to end our marriage. So I don't know if my husband came to me and said that he felt obligated to do things before ending it. To me, I don't know that I would feel like he really was going to put his all into it. So do you feel like he's really going to give it a fair shot? I would like to believe that he would. You know, I don't want to give, like, a negative mindset to it. And I know the way that it, you know, he worded it and the way that I worded it may not seem like he's very, you know, fully invested in it. But 
I do truly believe with the conversation we had and, and how long we've talked about it that he will really try to fix things. And, you know, all I can ask for is for him to give another shot because I really don't want my marriage to end, you know? Yeah, I think the word obligated is off-putting, but it's the truth. Um, I think when I was going through our separation and our divorce also, I felt obligated. I felt obligated to my wife. I felt obligated to my kids. I felt obligated to myself. I said, I do. Uh, we also said, till death do us part. And I felt obligated to do everything I could uh, to look myself in the mirror and say, you tried everything. We tried absolutely everything before you're going to break up a family. So you can call it what you want. Obligated is kind of a nasty word, but I felt, yeah, committed to that. I think that the obligation word kind of threw me as well. But from what I've been told about marriage, because I've never been married, it that is a part of it. And you, you hit rough spots and where both people may not necessarily fully be there, but you, you're supposed to fight through it. And it sounds like he's willing to do that. And I think that is something to look forward to. And at least it's not over. You went into this thinking it could be over. It's not over. He's willing to fight. And I think that's a good thing. All right, Liz, you'll keep us uh, keep us posted. But I think this is all pretty, pretty good news right here. Absolutely, will do. Thank you guys so much. All right, appreciate you sharing your life with us. Thank you. No problem. Bye-bye. Yeah. The Burt Show. All right, we were talking about vegans earlier, and we were talking about something's going on with Netflix. <clears throat> Why, what's going on with Netflix? They want money. They, it's, it's, it's just all about the money. And just it does feel like to me, because I do watch a stupid amount of like shows about food and stuff like that on Netflix, but at the end of the day, they all seem to be pushing you towards veganism, you know what? I'm just not educated enough on veganism to know if it's really healthy or not. Either way, how would you feel if somebody was so hardcore about being a vegan that they didn't even want you in their wedding? They don't even want you at the wedding. When I'm saying kicking people out of the wedding, her own mother. <gasps> what? Yes. I saw this headline and I was like, this can't be for real. Sure enough, there's a bride and she is vegan and she wants everyone to eat vegan at her wedding. I have... No qualms with that whatsoever. It is your wedding. If you want to serve a vegan dinner, by all means. But this is going one step further. Not only is she serving vegan, but if you are to attend her wedding, you have to become vegan as well. Uh -uh. You have to give up your omnivore life. So, and that's what she said. She goes, anyone who refused to go vegan was promptly uninvited, including her mother, and two cousins who were bridesmaids. <laughs> so if you refuse to go vegan. For the day or for your life? For your life. Your life. Oh, you wait, your commit. life? Yes. This might have stayed a private matter, but the bride posted something in a Facebook group called Vegan Revolution, asking for advice about her omnivore family guilt tripping her into hosting murderers. <laughs> As for the reasoning, the bride, who is 20, says even though her loved ones were originally invited and agreed to a vegan menu, she couldn't go forward knowing they would go back to eating meat the next day. She also claims many in her family are anti-vegan and will attack her vegan friends. At least one of those family members responded saying they had been nothing but supportive and are hurt by the bride's decision. So no, she wants them to mm. completely convert to veganism, but if you can't commit, you are uninvited from the wedding. Well, now my question is, who's actually going to be at the wedding? Because I don't know that many vegans. I mean, to me, the majority of the population is is uh, eats an omnivoric diet. So are there going to be like seven people at this one wedding? I mean, if that's what she would rather have, then that's on her. But I think it's a little radical. I'd bail. I'd bail. I'm, but I would mean, you remain friends? Like if you like, so this, this is, we're talking about like the, 
her her cousins, her bridesmaids, who they don't want to be vegans, so she's kicking them out of the wedding because they can't they can't change their lifestyle. Do you remain friends with somebody like that? Well, I wouldn't end the friendship, but she would have to know that you're friends with a murderous person then because I'm not changing the way that I think because this is what you want. So You wouldn't the- sit outside the venue with a bucket of KFC? <laughs> no. I, I've got a better idea. I'm going to hire five of the meatiest food trucks I can find and I'm parking them right across the street Thomas. and I'm going to have them get there three hours before the wedding so that, that meat smoke just drifts right into the church. I, I, I would bail and I, I would remain friends with her. This wouldn't bother me at all. Honestly. No? no, not at all. Because... Well, maybe you're because, accusing like you're calling me a murderer. But I guess murderer. <laughs> I guess because I don't see wedding going to a wedding as like some kind of prize. Like yeah. normally, I'm trying to find a way to get out the wedding anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it would be like okay. Well, <laughs> it's not about the actual wedding. I feel like it's what it stands for. Because when you have a wedding, you invite all the people that you care about the most, that are closest to you, the people that you want there on what I'm assuming you feel like is one of the biggest days of your life. So it's a big screw you whenever you get disinvited from a wedding. For, and so in terms of like deciding to stay friends with this person, A, doesn't sound like she's given these people much of a choice. Doesn't sound like she wants to be friends with them. And B, I could never stay friends with someone like this. Yeah. yeah. So this is to me, is like, this is a prime example of not being able to coexist. I I feel like people need to be more open-minded about supporting each other's choices as long as it's mm-hmm. not hurting somebody else, right. right? So when it comes to something like this, like if this was my vegan friend, Whenever we go out to be respectful to her, I won't order meat or I won't eat meat in front of her because that it, it, this is obviously something she's extremely passionate about. Now, I'm, I'm totally okay doing that. But for you to kick me, like, and I will go to your wedding and I will eat a, a vegan entree at your wedding. But to, to kick me out, kick me off your guest list because mm-hmm. I choose to, res- to remain an omnivore, you're not respecting my decisions and my choice. My, you're not respecting my life choices. I have supported you and your life choices, and now you refuse to do the same for me. Nah, man. Nah, dog. We can't be friends. Okay, so I I was going to go in a different direction, but I even have a problem with what you were just saying. If some, if you're going to dinner with somebody that's yes. a vegan, right? Yes. I a passionate ha- vegan. I don't care. So you're a passionate vegan. I have to change my eating no. habit because I'm a non, or I'm a passionate non-vegan. So why do I have to change my eating habit for the night to satisfy you? I didn't say you had to. You don't have to if you don't you want said to. You would. I I 100 would Hell because no. if this is a friend and this is something that is very like distressing to her and she is very passionate about. I, I feel like this is a way, like, you should support your friends. So if we're going to go out to dinner, am I going to get a big old juicy burger and eat it in front of her? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll get some sweet potato fries. She better close her eyes. <laughs> the Bird Show. So last night at the Georgia Aquarium, we got to meet the new families of Burt's Big Adventure, the Burt's Big Adventure 2024 families. And man, this is one of my favorite days every year because the trip jumps off of papers because I've been taking a look at applications and we've been in meetings talking about families and it becomes real when we get to meet them for the very first time. Every single one of the families that we're bringing on Burt's Big Adventure, even the ones out of town, were at the Georgia Aquarium last night. And how cool is this? I was talking to Griffin's mom. Um, Griffin's one of our Burt's Big Adventure kiddos. And she's like, I have to find Isaac's family. And I was like, 
How does she, you know, know Isaac's family? And then come to find out Griffin and Isaac were in the PICU together. And both the families became super tight and have been friends ever since. And they both got selected for Bird's Big Adventure this year, and we had no idea. Isn't that crazy? Whoa. That's crazy. How Isn't sweet crazy? is that? Yeah. yeah, so Bird's Big Adventure, if you don't know, is a trip we take down to Disney World every year with kids that have chronic and terminal illnesses, but it's more than that. I mean, it's really family now. We do reunions, and we have 265 families over the course of the last 20 years that are really, really, really tight in this community. And on a night like this, I say this every single time to our families, it's just that Here's what we have learned about special needs families is that sometimes you guys feel like you are on the outside looking in. And when these families come together, there's this commonality. They all understand each other's struggles. Of course, their struggles are different with each and every child. But being part of that special needs community is something very, very unique. And one of the moms for the very first time in 20 years said, you know what, Bert? It's not just it's not just uh, friends. My family members Mm. keep us on the outside looking in. So like having an event like this where we can hang out with families and other kids that are immediately accepting our kids is a really huge deal. And we get to see that for the very first time. And we saw it last night. Yeah. So we were at the Georgia Aquarium. So huge thanks to them because, um, yeah, we we got there and we got to meet everybody. Bert got to hand all the kids their key to Disney. Um, We're making a a change with that key next year. We're going to, so they will actually be able. To remove it from the box next year. It's this beautiful gold key that we tell them you are officially now part of Bert's Big Adventure. And we give them this case that opens up and there's a beautiful gold key in it, right? But each and every one of them tries taking the key out and it never comes out. We're making that switch next year. Okay, it's disappointing. <laughs> a little um, and so we want to thank Gas South. Uh, Carly from Gas South was there and they're a huge sponsor. And they made that night our new family orientation possible possible by sponsoring it because like after we all you know the kids got their keys and we had lunch um one parent stayed behind to get all the information they need about the trip and then the rest of us got to go explore georgia aquarium so the kids had a blast um and they had access to the aquarium for the remainder of the day and then um if you if you look at any of the photos of Burt's big adventure at birdsbigadventure.org you'll realize we all wear matching t-shirts throughout the entire trip um once a week and just keep track of each other. <laughs> but um, LAT Apparel donates every single T-shirt to the families and for us for the trip. Um, also, the sweatshirts that they got, the long sleeve T-shirts, we hooked them up with so much Burt's Big Adventure gear. So thank you to LAT Apparel. Thank you to Gasal. Thank you to the Georgia Aquarium. And if you want to see the pictures, you can go to birdsbigadventure.org and meet our kiddos, our 12 beautiful families for 2024. Who'd you guys attach to last night? Ooh. I got to hang out with uh, Jack Jack and his family for Jack a little Jack. bit. Jack Jack. And they just have the cutest, cutest family. I saw you walk around with his sister KK with the cute little pigtails. And oh, we're going to be fighting over KK. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you right now, that, that, that little girl's feet are never going to hit the ground. No, she's going to get carried <laughs> everywhere. <Yeah. laughs> and their whole family, I can just tell, is just such um, j- just such a ray of light. They were so welcoming to me because this is my first um, orientation. So I'm kind of like new to this whole um um, you know, this this whole thing in terms of like meeting with the kids and building bonds with them. And they just, you know, welcome me in and let me sit down at the table and ask them all kinds of questions about, you know, their holidays and what life has been like for them. So I enjoyed getting to hang with them for a bit. 
I feel like that's the best part of like the first meeting is it sets the tone for everything. And then you can start to like develop the bonds with the different families. I bonded with quite a few families. And then on top of that, you get to see them. The kids develop bonds like they start to become friends already. I think it was a couple that formed friendships yep. in like a yep. few hours, which yeah. was really cool to see. So I think the first visit when everybody kind of like you said, it goes from paper to reality and then everybody can really see like this is happening. You can see the kids light up. This is happening. I, I, I enjoy the first visit a lot. Um, you said you were having a feeling a little awkward talking to some of the kids. <laughs> I was. I mean, as a as a 26 year old girl, I don't really get to hang out with um, kids very often. I mean, the closest I get is like you know, like 22 year old boys in the club. Like that's, <laughs> that's the most of I'm getting when I'm talking to kids. And I was going around and I was kind of asking like Cassie and the other parents, and I'm, I'm like, hey, um, I'm not really good at this talking to kids thing, and I need some advice because I was trying to strike up some conversations with the kids because you know I wanted to build some bonds and. I'm I'm already a little socially awkward as it is. And I had this moment where I was talking to one of one of our BBA kids and I asked them a question and then they just stared at me like I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just kind of like, I don't know where to go from here. Because at least adults, when you're having like stupid small talk, they'll, they'll indulge you just for the sake of it not being weird. Kids don't give you any of that grace. Um. You ask them how their day was and they just go, mm. <laughs> and they just look at you. Yep. So I was going around. I was like, "What do I do?" Okay, so I have a tip for you. Okay. Um, and you'll you'll grow into this, and it'll take no time, and you'll be besties with with m- m- all of the kids. But in the meantime, because this trip is yes for the birth big adventure kid, but it's also for the siblings, and it's also for the parents. And we have quite a few older siblings this year, right? And I know there's some um, older teenage girls, which I think you would hit it off beautifully with. So I would try, if I were you, to um, have conversations with them, have conversations with the parents, because they, they, they need to feel the love too. And so I think if you focus on that, when the littles see how you've gotten in with the family, the rest will follow. I did that. I felt the same way when I started because I think I started when I was like 25 and I was like, I don't know how to talk to kids. <laughs> the siblings who often... Um, I won't say get ignored, but when the focus is on the sick child, they don't get as much attention. So like Kristen said, that is an important role and a really great way to bond. And then when dealing with kids, pretend you're a cartoon character. Seriously, like what would a cartoon character do? They'd be loud. They'd be fun. They'd be like goofy. And that's how that's an easy way to bond with most kids. It doesn't work every time. You'll feel stupid doing it, but the kids yeah. love it. Embrace your silly. I yeah. felt stupid in general because I was asking, I was asking, um, <laughs> I was asking uh, Jack Jack's mom. I was like, so what's what's cool with the kids these days? Uh, I was like, what? I'm like, what Pixar film are they into? I was like, is it Frozen? Is Frozen still cool? I know Anna. I know Elsa. And then she was listing off all these movies that I never heard of and I was like okay I guess I gotta watch Encanto on the plane and then I gotta watch Coco on the plane and um, there were a couple of others but I was like okay I need to know the lingo and the names so that when you know all the families are talking about you know all the Disney Disney references I'll not be on the outskirts you can also try too hard yeah don't try so yeah if you try to kids can smell that a mile away Absolutely. that's what can smell desperation don't give it to them that's why they typically don't like me because I Hey, a big time thank you again to Gas South as well. Uh, They sponsored last night. They sponsor our reunions. They've been with us since 2017. I think they've donated over half a million dollars to Burt's Big Adventure also. And to you guys, every single time we do this, you guys have a hand in it because you give us your gifts all year long. So like Kristen said, you want to see some of the pictures. You want to see where your money is going. It's all up online right now at Burt'sBigAdventure.org. The Burt Show.